0: You got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent.
1: We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry.
0: Welcome to to
1: Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The
0: League presents Electric People. Today, we are joined by none other than Bryce Nelson. Bryce is a district manager in our Boston South office out in the New England region. He is uh, most notably a current rally champ, Ty, uh, on the heels of COVID. COVID interrupted the rally, and Bryce was the number one rep, I believe, in the company during the rally uh, for front-end volume, uh, which is pretty awesome. He adapted better than uh, virtually anybody else did in the company, which is really cool to watch. He has a total of 450 Career installs and counting. Um, he has been a district manager for how long? Have you been a district manager now for Bryce? Ah, uh, five or six years. So a while. Five six years. Lived in a couple states. Managed a couple different teams, which we'll get into uh, here in a little bit. So, um, but yeah, Bryce joined. Uh, I met Bryce. Um, how long ago now, Bryce? Six seven years ago, probably. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Yep. Twenty thirteen. So. Um, I was uh, managing the Boston North office, and Bryce came out, worked with us and our team out there, and was uh, one of our top reps, um, Has and then uh, quickly became a manager and worked in California, worked in New England, worked in Utah, worked all over the place, and has settled back out in uh, lovely Cape Cod, the Cape Cod South Shore area in Massachusetts, so Anyway, Bryce, pumped to have you on uh, Electric People today, man. What's what's shaking in your neck of the woods? You know,
2: it's exciting to be here. I listen to this every week, and now it's like, wow, I don't know what to expect. I love talking to you guys, though. I've uh, worked directly with both of you guys, and I would probably say of anyone at Vivent Solar, Ty Williams and Adam McClellan have shaped my career more than anybody else, so... And I'll look up to you guys. I love being here. Flattery is
0: only going to get you so far today, Bryce. So we're going (laughs) to hit you. We got some hard questions coming your way. First question, Ty. I don't know if you knew this. Um, We'll just get this out of the way. Did you know that Bryce has a viral video uh, that has gone completely viral, like national media attention? (laughs) Are you aware of this?
1: It doesn't surprise me for like a second because like, Bryce is one of those most interesting guys. At first, he's like a smiley, good seller. And then after a while, you're like, dude, you kind of do everything. I was thinking when Adam started that you came out hot, like on the heels of COVID. I thought that would also be a good name for your album. On the heels of COVID, dude, just on the
0: heels of COVID. Do we have a rap about? <laughs> do we have a rap about COVID yet, Bryce?
2: I, I haven't done much rapping for years. Years. It's like a party trick that I pull out every
0: once in a while. One one year, tie we had a manager conference, and uh, at the conference, we had a rap battle. And uh, you know, Bryce, he's got you know you you would expect it out of Bryce, right? I mean, he grew up in small town Utah. You know, uh just small town just Utah kid walks up there uh and just absolutely annihilates everyone in a uh I was actually there. Oh yeah, you were there for that.
1: We had the yeah, everybody was there to see Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher and then they didn't know the opening act was Bryce Nelson just slaying fools on the microphone. That's right.
0: <laughs> incidentally, that was a fun Eric. Night, Thomas, for sure. And then, Eric, Eric Thomas was terrible after that. So uh, we that we peaked in the <laughs> we peaked in the intro, and then Eric Thomas was very underwhelming. <laughs> I stole the show. Uh, uh, yes, Bryce definitely stole the show. So, oh, um, I just, no. but
1: He's Bryce, like, forget this show. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. That's I just remember, I remember how Eric Thomas wouldn't take any pictures with anybody after we'd paid him all that money to come speak to us. It was pretty
2: classy. Yeah.
0: So Bryce, I wanted to start out with this. You've been working in this industry. You've been doing door-to-door for how long now have you been in the door-to-door industry?
2: Uh, just over a decade,
0: 10, 11 years. 10, 11 years. So you'd never seen anything like what happened when COVID happened. And during the quarantine or the shelter in place, you absolutely annihilated everybody.
2: Um, what was kind of going through your head as that whole process started? I'm just kind of curious. It was, I mean, it's a weird time. And so I remember as they were announcing things, uh, you know, it was kind of first off, it was like, well, for two weeks, we're going to hold back, everybody's going to be in their houses. And it seemed like it was going to be the short term thing. But I remember talking to my wife about, like just how weird it was and how it spiraled out of control and everyone's glued to the news for what's going on in China and what happened in Italy. And we, we sat down with our family and we were talking to the kids about like what a weird time it was and how like Nelsons react when things get tough, right? It was like a family lesson kind of thing and being a part of all these trainings, listening to podcasts, we're taught all the time. Like when things get tough, That's not the time to ease up, right? That's the time to give it the gas. And we know that, I mean, just because we have a job where we face a lot of adversity. And so we were just talking to our kids about like, this is where we buckle down and we push forward. You know, we don't sit back and become a victim to things that happen to us. And so that night I was talking to my wife and I was really saying like, hey, this could suck for a while. Like we, I make my money door to door and now they're saying I can't go door to door anymore and certainly we don't have any control over what's about to happen so we can choose to have it suck as victims right we sit back and let what happens to us and then who knows what happens to my career to my pipeline to my future or we can really have it suck like let's buckle down and make it really like give a hundred percent effort which is going to be challenging But if we're facing challenging times anyways, we might as well take the reins, like give it the gas and just put in a ridiculous effort because then we feel like we have some control. Well, and it wasn't even just your front end production
0: either. I mean, you during a time. No, that was
2: was just the thought process in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Just trying to figure things out. And if we can.
0: And I was, I was, it, it was interesting because it wasn't just your, your front end volume, which was really cool to see, but you were. Uh, one of a handful of people in the company that hit our highest league level um, of franchise in Q2 as well. So it's you're, you know, when everyone else was sort of like trying to, you know, they're throwing their hands in the air trying to figure out what to do, do you quickly adapt game plan and you just go all in and execute both on your front end and your back end volume. Do you think that all the moving around that you've done, the sort of nomadic life you've lived over the past 10 years that uh, all that change that your family and you have sort of grown accustomed to, do you think that helped you just kind of roll with the punches with this thing? Yeah. I mean, you learn to be a lot more resilient.
2: I mean, even if you weren't moving around like right, door to door, different things are thrown at you all the time. You know what I mean? Cities make different rules or you get bumped from an area or whatever it happens to be. And so you're forced to adapt. And so that I was actually pretty comfortable yeah, of adapting right to a different market or a different, or this, Adaptation, but on a new challenge, figuring out a new process and then analyzing hey, what's working, what's not. And then once you find a little traction somewhere, just getting that extra effort. And my numbers actually were better during COVID than they were before. Um, it just the effort kind of helped me out where I could fail a lot more frequently and then learn from those failures and kind of drive forward off of it. I think I think that's
1: something that we learned about our sales force because you know, traditionally in the market, we've been kind of an unknown. Like, you know, we 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 have these guys and they do great, but what happens in the event of something changing, a market shift or something like that? And it was it was cool for me to see a lot of people adopt that mindset and and actually show that we're not necessarily a door-to-door sales force, we're a sales force you know we're we're, we're adaptive we could you could take this group of people and you could switch the product or you could switch the the you know the medium and i think we showed that they would still perform um one of the things that that i'll always tell new reps so i actually still do a lot of new rep boot camps i like to be i like to to, to be there when they first come in and um I'm interested in your take on this because I think you're a good example of it. But one of the things that I I tell them is the difference between really successful kind of long-term people and those that don't really get it figured out is just the way they think. It's not their market. It's not their, um, you know, it's not their their inherent skill set. It's just the way that they think. And I think what you were talking about just a second ago, even like pulling your family together and like consciously making a decision on how you're going to think about it. Maybe talk about that, because you've seen so many different examples and so many different leaders and so many salespeople. First of all, do you agree with that uh, statement and and how have you seen it in your, in your career?
2: Yeah, I mean, every, when you boil it all down, everything's a mental game, right? And so if you can really step back and say, okay, the way that I can approach this is, you know, you can, I mean, just that same thing, you're kind of choosing to be victimized or let other things control how you operate, or you can decide, Hey, if I'm looking at this from a positive aspect, you know, Hey, there's a lot of growth, a lot of opportunity that can happen in regardless where you're at. And I think that applies to a lot of different parts of your life too, where, you know, your marriage is struggling or I don't know you struggle with weight or whatever the issue is. If you're looking at it, like, Hey, if I really boil this down, I have the control, what can I control learn from it? And that's how growth happens right i mean especially in your career that's how these guys are growing so fast is they're positive they're learning they're adapting and they're choosing to move forward rather than take a loss and then sit back on that loss and you know it's over yeah i uh it's funny i want that reminds me i was
1: i'm on a text thread this morning with mike brand and dave madsen and taylor turnbull and a couple other people and I, i i was sent a screenshot of an analyst article. I don't know if you watched this, but Vivint Inc's stock has boosted lately and they have all these analysts starting to say really good things about them. And uh, I'm gonna read you this paragraph talking about the way that people think, because uh, if you've ever said, if you ever know anything about Todd, Todd's always recruiting people and sharing his vision, right? That's constantly what he's doing. And so uh, this is an analyst saying, we know the price target is a bit of an outlier, but we're looking for a home run here. Costa wrote in a note to clients, he said his more bullish outlook on the somewhat undiscovered growth stock comes after a fireside chat with Vivint chief executive Todd Peterson. So, what do you what do you do to um, you know? There's kind of an energy in uh, in receiving vision or having your mindset shift. It actually is like the fuel to a to a car. Right? You can put your crappy 85 ethanol fuel in that just kind of gets you like through the day, or you could put race fuel in your machine and it actually performs differently. We see that with a lot of our leaders, right? They they fill us up and then like your body feels different, your brain works different and you go out and you perform in a different way. So maybe talk to, uh, a little bit about what you do for your own mentality and then other
2: other times where
1: you've benefited this, maybe if you remember from uh, specific like times where you saw a greater vision and what that did to your performance.
2: I think Vivent Solar as a company has really captured that really well and they understand what helps motivate people to, to work harder and do better, right? They can achieve new levels of success just from the way that they're looking at things and their perspective. So, I mean, if you think of the bigs, for example, right? The bigs is a competition where it takes guys out from what they're always doing. You take a normal guy who's kind of mediocre and he's out knocking, working every week. And then the bigs happens and all of a sudden his production triples. Like this is the same guy who's waking up in the same bed every morning. He's working, knocking the same doors, but now because he's looking at kind of his job through different eyes, right? He feels the team behind him. They have incentives. He's really motivated to go out there and achieve a different level of success just because of the, his perspective. And uh, the vivid Solar Culture is really good at helping people understand that, whereas opposed to other industries where someone might reach a certain level of success and then they've made it right, and they coast. And uh, I, I really—that's one of my favorite things—and why I love working at Vivint Solar. I'm never going anywhere, just because for me personally, they understand what makes Bryce Nelson tick, right? And I feel like I need that, so I am feeding myself the right stuff. And I'm that perspective. I mean, bleeds into other areas of my life, so I've become almost dependent on it which I, I love, I really appreciate.
0: Bryce, I think that what Ty was saying about how the way Todd, and we've all been affected by Todd Peterson and the vision that he's created for not only just for Vivint, the Vivint family, and uh, you know all the guys working directly for him, but for the whole industry really, right? I mean, his vision really captured and kind of created this crazy phenomenon that's happened over the last 20 years. I've always been really impressed at your ability to tell a story. And to just paint a vision. And I I would say, Bryce, Ty, I think Bryce has become one of the best trainers that we have, especially on the East Coast, arguably in the whole company. Um, His trainings will always make you laugh. They always are really, really interesting, like from the get go. And then they're always just really, really good and a lot of practical application. And you just leave feeling inspired. And um, your office, You're in the South Shore, Massachusetts, and your office is called the Whalers. Can you share with, I just think this is a cool story, like how you came up with it, like what it means and really captures the vision of what you guys are doing down there. Can you kind of give us like what the Whalers are all about?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it goes back like when when I first heard about solar, I remember sitting down face to face with Chance and uh, he was talking about power, right? And renewable energy. And I was, I mean, kind of a young kid. I didn't understand much about it, but he was saying about how power used to be generated, right? Back in the 1800s or whatever, it was heavily focused on this whaling industry. And they would go out into the seas and they'd hunt whales, they'd get the whale oil and they'd make, you know, candles and oil and energy and all that stuff out of it. But then when they found a better resource, right? Coal, oil, fossil fuels, not only was it a more abundant resource than these whales that were dying off, it was like safer for people to be able to harvest and it was cheaper. And so overnight the whaling industry completely died and then the fossil fuels became the majority and we've been using it ever since. And so he used that as a parallel saying, hey, you know, now we have this resource, the, the sun, which is a more abundant resource, it's safer. People aren't dying from the black lung to dig it out of the ground. And it's, you know, the sun, it's going to be there for as long as we're here. And most importantly, now we can generate power cheaper than we can dig it out of the ground, right? So we've seen this before, like with the whaling industry, what is going to happen with fossil fuels, right? Like the writing's on the wall, it's over, and we're going to tip all towards renewable energy now that we can. And so I went home, and I mean, really, that made a lot of sense to me as far as the birth of this industry and something I wanted to be a part of. And just by dumb luck, I happened to, you know, choose to come out to Massachusetts. And I settled down here in the Cape Cod area and our areas, you know, the more people I talked to were in New Bedford and Plymouth and, you know, all these old ports. And these families are really proud of their whaling heritage. Like their grandparents and great grandparents were these, you know, American heroes in the 1800s who sailed out into open waters and would like hunt these whales and the whalers like we don't understand it now because we think of like it's terrible to kill whales and that kind of stuff but back in you know 17-1800s these guys were like the heroes of their day like whalers especially in new england the whaling industry really pushed america back in the 1800s it was huge and uh you know in nantucket these were super rich towns because these whalers put their lives on the line. They'd go out and sail into open waters for months, sometimes years at a time. And so, you know, everyone loved whalers. These guys had never buy their own drinks at the tavern because, you know, oh, a whaler is here. And so families are really, really proud of this. And more than that, like even back in that day, like if you were a whaler or, you know, you had a whaling family, it was like, you knew a secret that nobody else, these farmers didn't understand right? These wives would send their husbands out and then they'd band together. Their kids are learning to like tie knots and do these rope things because they wanted to be whalers when they grew up. And so the more I talked to these families, like I started to draw all these parallels between like this ancient industry that is super foreign to us. It sounds ridiculous now, but like there's all these parallels compared to what we do knocking doors, right? Not just in energy and, you know, renewable energy and the way we're getting power, but it's like anyone who's in the door-to-door industry, it's like when we're all getting together, you know, on a cruise ship or, you know, at the league trips or whatever, it's like we have this secret that most people don't know. You know, we go to our family reunions and our parents and these other people just don't understand because they're not a part of that life, right? And so us, like we tell our team all the time, it's, it's almost like we are the ancestors of these whalers, like they're our industry heritage where we go out, we don't put up ads and wait for things to come to us. Like we sail into open waters. We knock on doors looking for this business, right? And so it's it's something we're passionate about where we aren't afraid to go out there and make money and to go out there and find a business on our own where most people look at door to door as something that it's unfathomable. Like it's it's dangerous, right? They would never do that because it doesn't add up to them. But if we're the ones out doing it, it's it's something that's really really special, and so our office, uh, everything is about being a whaler. We have harpoons like up on the wall. Uh, we talk about you know just having that pride in going out and providing for our families, and then we also draw it into it's kind of like a tip of the hat to these you know guys who used to do the best they could. Now we have this renewable resource, and we're never having to go back to this brutal world of where we're killing the earth, killing animals, and all that stuff, and it just breeded into this really, really cool culture that in Boston South, we're really, really proud
0: of. Um, Bryce told that story at a conference and uh, he's like telling the story and he's like walking through the whole thing. And I'm like riveted, like listening. And then all of a sudden he like goes out of the room, comes back in with an actual like antique whaler harpoon. That's like 10 feet long. It's got like a full spear and I'm like, where did you get this thing? Like, they don't, like, you can't just find that even on the internet. You know what I mean? And I went to the new Bedford gone.
2: Whaling Museum and I pulled it from the museum and asked them if I could borrow it for a presentation on whaling. Oh my And they were gosh. like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and take it. And it was like a legit, I think it was a replica, but it was from the museum. Like it was awesome. Did it like get it in the moving truck
1: and over?
2: So he yeah, took it, cool. it
0: from an actual whalers museum and brought it to the conference. So. If you're a manager, like thinking of trainings, like that's next level training. You know what I mean? Like you, you bring out the actual harpoons, like all that stuff.
1: Bryce, we haven't worked together for a long time, so I don't get to, to feel that very often. But I,
0: I'm hoping that the people that are listening that
1: run teams notice the difference in what you just said, dude. I'm thinking like, hey, I, w- I want them to send me a whaler shirt. I want like to wear like a whaler hat. Mm-hmm. It, it's so important for a team to have a purpose and what you just said is exciting, it's fun, it instills pride in people, and it's it's the difference in the way people think. So a lot of leaders are like, oh, I can't get my market up, or my guys aren't bought in, or man, this is a tough market. But I really appreciate the way you've looked at it and said, hey, what's a different way to think about this? And it, and it gets you a different um, result. But hey, I need to text you my sure. address, because I, I need some whaler gear, dude, I want to. I'm that. Dude, I, yeah, like, hear that I know what it's like to be at a family reunion and have them not like get it. And then you go on a cruise and then it's like, oh, these are like you understand. And <laughs> so totally. like, it's like bomb. you have that tacit knowledge. And, you know, I, I can't imagine what people at the resorts that we go to in these places think like, what do you guys do? And it's like right. that guy over there is a legend. And they're like, Why? You know, it's just something that only the group totally.
0: (laughs) It's one of those industries where anyone that's done door to door, you have a certain level of respect for everyone that's like hit a certain level, right? And because we've all done it, we've all been through it. There's this shared experience that everybody has. And so, and and it goes back to that power of doing hard things together. It's like when we've all done this hard thing together, when we're all together, it's like, we're, we're in, we're with our people, you know? And then again, you're like you're at the family reunion or like meeting new people. I always like it when you like you're, you meet a whole bunch of new couples or whatever, um, you know, at a dinner or whatever. And they're like, oh, what do you do? And you're like, yeah, I, I, I sell solar, you know, door to door. It's like they instantly, it's like, there's this feeling of like chip on your shoulder. Like I have to almost like validate myself, you know? But when you're with your people- right. It's a totally different feeling. It's good, but I will say, uh, Ty, the Whaler gear is widely known in New England as the sickest gear. So every like other DM
1: got energy attached to it. It's great. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get you. Yeah, it's it really... good.
0: It's solid, solid stuff. Well, what's cool is they also do this tradition. Uh, when they get a new person in the office, Well
2: will explain the tradition, Bryce, the, the, the whale, the the whale thing they, they make them do. So when a new rep comes into the office and he gets his first welcome call, um, we bring him up in front of the team. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's never seen it before. And then we'll play the audio of like whale noises and we'll make him shout out like his best whale call, which is always like just painfully awkward. Um, but everybody's like excited to hear, you know, this brand new timid guy in this room full of like chanting crazy people do this whale call and everybody cheers and throws them up and it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, okay. And it has right. to
0: come like, it has to come like deep from the belly. I mean, it's uh, and they made me do it too, uh, Ty, so <laughs> Uh, Bryce, you, gotta should, go all uh, in. you don't have a collection of those videos that you could just put in like a mashup, like all the whale calls, you know?
2: That's a good idea. Actually, we should do that. When we get to start meeting back together, <laughs> we're going to start keeping them. That's a smart idea. There you go. Um, something else I've always admired about Bryce.
0: He's kind of like this quiet, unassuming, like it, it's like the Richard Howell quality. Like you meet him and you just don't expect that there's this killer salesman in this person, right? Like he's the happy-go-lucky guys, just always in a good mood. Um, and it's just kind of you don't expect it. And it really came to fruition during the rally this year. If you remember on the on the company Instagram account, Ty, they would always do a vote of who you think you'd win each matchup, right? So they'd put it on like the story and they'd be like, who's going to win? And it's like Bryce versus so-and-so. Bryce literally got voted no for like six consecutive weeks every time (laughs) like no one in the company picked bryce to win for like six consecutive weeks in a row and he won every single one of them so and like as soon as i'd see it every time i'd vote i'd always vote yes just because i know bryce and then i'd see the overwhelming majority was picking no so i'd immediately screenshot it and i'd text it to him i be like here we go dude it's happening again like no one's betting on you so um kind of walk us through your mentality bryce like what does that kind of stuff get you fired up or are you just kind of like you know i'm just doing my thing i got a family like i'm you know like do the competitions get you going or are you just like i got bigger goals like
2: i'm providing for my family like what how does it all fit in for you i am crazy immature um like competition is the reason i do it all Uh, so if there's Any competition that's on the line, it could be a prize I don't want, I don't care about. Um, That is something that I feel like I need to prove. And so my wife, every time a new competition comes out, I'll tell her about it. And she rolls her eyes and she's like, here we go. Because she knows there's something about, I don't know, competing that really just drives me. And so every competition, yeah, I get really, really excited about it. I kind of strategize, you know, okay, this is over. The holiday break. Most people aren't going to be working, so I need to be working the day before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, the day after, and I'll kind of plan ways to be able to really push and and work hard. Uh, The rally was nice because I knew a lot of people were kind of kicking back. Um, And so for me to push even harder, I knew I had an edge on uh, my typical competition. But then most of the time when people were voting on Instagram, it was against people that. Like, I don't know if I'd vote for me. Like, I'm going up against Richard Howell and Hirschberger and Mackenzie Watts. And like, these aren't little names. And so I knew that I really had to bring the fire to prove, not just to these people that were voting against me, but like also to prove to myself, like, okay, let's let's do this and really push and, and show that I can do it. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. Ty, you know how like some guys, you could throw out like,
0: a pair of Nikes, a new pair of iPad or iPod or AirPod Pros and like a laptop and they like won't go out and work any harder. Like some guys are just so desensitized to incentives. Bryce on the other hand, if Jamie and Bryce have a weekend plan, Jamie will have to like text me and say, hey, will you please not even offer Bryce like a t-shirt if he sells four on Saturday? Because if you do, then I don't have a husband on Saturday night. So like I need you to just like the
1: exclusive hat. They're like, Hey, we're doing a limited run of veterans day hats. And I'm like, well, yes, I gotta got get, it. there's only, there's only, it's only one day. I gotta
2: get that. Right, And I never wear it. I just get it. Mm-hmm. I just have to get it. You mm-hmm. know, totally. Mm-hmm. I'll, all the awesome. time I'll look so... at something. and I'll be like, Oh, that's ugly. I'll never wear that. But I gotta show up for the competition and win it. Like whether I'll wear it or not is irrelevant. That's right. Hey, um,
1: I'm still I'm still needing more of your of your vision, dude. I've been talking to a lot of people about the next five years. I think um, you know, I think the way the market looks right now, we have a lot of um really, really talented people that still were seeing this opportunity as like, uh, I'm gonna do this for a couple years and then go do something else. I think we have a lot of people now looking at, you know, Bywater said something to me the other day that that I've shared, he said, he's like, hey, just so you know, he's like, your opportunity exceeds your working days. And that was one of those things, kind of like Todd talking to the investors, where I was like, if I was thinking five years before, I'm like, okay, 15 years, you know what I mean? Like now,
2: whoa, it's total mind shift. How are you thinking about the next five years? Early on, like I fell into that trap where we got into solar and it was like, okay, well, let's see how this goes for a couple years. And, you know, maybe I can be a district manager or, you know what I mean? I'd look at that kind of stuff. But now, I mean, we're, I've been doing this, what, eight years or so. And I still feel like I'm still a baby in it. Like I'm not anywhere toward the end of my run. Uh, So I'm feeling super optimistic about the way things are going, changes that are happening. I mean, we can see that solar energy isn't something that's going away. Uh, We're in an industry that's going to continue to thrive and we're changing people's lives. For me, like being a part of my team, I don't know if I'll ever not want to be a district manager because I feel like I'm working with these group of individuals on a direct, I guess my relationship is really strong with these guys. And I'll see someone come in where their entire life changes because of this job, right? And so being able to bring people into this job and and witness all of that uh, is what I find a lot of fulfillment in. And so I am super happy about the way things are going right now and the future that we have as we continue to build and grow. So more people have that opportunity
1: yeah and i think about it like on an industry on an industry like level as well like for the teams and stuff yeah it's awesome that we're stronger than we've ever been and i think there's real opportunity for people there i look at every now and then i like to just do this like kind of mental exercise where i just like look at i call it like minding the tides where I just like, look at the way things are going for a second. You know what I mean? Like, and I wanna hear your opinion on this, but I look at like the the world coming together, like world leaders are coming together and they're talking about, hey, how do we do energy differently? You know what I mean? Like how do we, how do, we do more sustainable things, right? And then I look at the vehicles that are coming out, right? Like the amount of innovation in vehicles over the last like five years, isn't like when you look at the lineup of things that are coming up, It's completely different. Then when you look at the way homes are being manufactured, when you look at the way young people are thinking, about sustainability. When you look at like the projects, there's like projects that action sports athletes that are doing where their sole purpose is to get plastic out of the ocean to, to you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this new Netflix series that Zach Efron's doing. Listen, I'll watch anything Zach Efron does, all right? And I'm not embarrassed <laughs> by it. But he goes around the world looking at how like sustainable communities live. And there's just such, there is a massive tide going that way aside from regulation and aside from, um, uh, you know, like government mandates and things like that. I think when I look at this industry and the way it's going it, I take a lot of uh, comfort knowing that this is going to happen with or without us three. You know, what I mean, like the world, you've got the biggest companies in the world. Apple committing to a to a carbon neutral footprint, right? Like those guys make the decisions of the world. So it's kind of crazy. Like when I look at like the next five years, I'm like, wow, this is happening. This will happen. Like the world will convert to renewable energy and solar is going to be a massive part of that. And one of the things that really um, maybe excites me, but instills pride is we can kind of choose our spot in that, right? Like it's not, I hope this works. It's going to happen. It's what seat are you going to be in on the bus? You know what I mean? So maybe maybe give me your opinion on that, because that's something we've seen really, at least me in the last like five, six years, I've really seen change. No, I totally
2: agree. And it's, we see it, especially as like we have kids that are, you know, in elementary school age and all that stuff, and that they're being taught about this shift and about this industry and it's something that we are actually a part of. Um, And so I, I use that because I feel like not only do I have a responsibility, but I use that in my sale, right? When I'm talking to these people and you can feel even from, you know, seven, eight years ago when I started, people are starting to grasp onto the renewable energy side and the way that things are changing a lot more than they were before. Before it was, you know, aesthetics, solar panels look weird, and now Mm -hmm. there's kind of a different look. And I think it's up to us to continue to not just sell savings or sell, hey, I sell solar panels, give people cheaper power, but to help people see that bigger vision. Um, And that's a big part of the sale when we're talking to people too. What are some ways that you do to help your customers see past just
0: the money part of it?
2: I was actually talking to my co-manager about this yesterday. I've I've always struggled um, when I guess tying my customers down emotionally um, and getting that emotional bond with them more than just the savings. Um, because I, it is you can fall into the trap of thinking that solar is a really logical decision. And so you forget to bring any emotion into it. And so I've actually kind of started this special close. I call it a $2 close. And so I literally went to the bank a couple weeks ago and I ordered a bunch of $2 bills. Um, so you can order a bunch of them. And now whenever I'm in a sale, I've been using this for my clothes lately. After I'm totally done with the welcome call, I'll close up their little folder. And as just before I stand up and walk out the door, I tell them, I just say, hey, just so you guys know, the choice of getting solar power, power is power, right? You're using a thousand kilowatt hours a month. It doesn't matter if those kilowatt hours come from the grid, come from solar, come from a wind turbine, like nothing's really changing for you guys, but solar power, there's just something cool. It's something special and it's something a little different knowing that you guys are getting power from the sun, right? It's changing the way that we've always got power. Um, And now you're using this resource that's always there. And so it's really, really cool. And then I'll pull out the $2 bill and I show it to them and I'm like, I'm going to leave this with you guys. And I tuck it in behind uh, in their little folder and I almost close it up and I say. This is $2, the same $2 you've always spent. Um, There's nothing value-wise that's different, but it is kind of cool, right? It's something that's a little special, that's a little different. There's a different feel with this money. Um, So I'll leave it with you guys, spend it, do whatever you want, hang on to it. But hopefully you guys feel by using solar power, you are doing something that's just a little special and you feel that connection, it's a little different. And I use it to help generate referrals too. And I say, when people ask you guys about solar, which they will, I hope you guys take pride in it. You know what I mean? And you tell them like why you guys are choosing renewable energy. And, you know, you help that feeling that it is something that's just a little bit special. And uh, we continue down this road. So anyway, I'll leave that with you guys. I leave it with them bail. I love that. (laughs) So good. The $2 close is a is a thing now like i would do it with every customer i, love Dude, I just love
1: the way you take things and think about how can i do this a little bit differently right like your real example of like how to think about it differently but that right there you only get that if you're present and conscious you know what i mean like how can i connect customers to this cause a little bit that's freaking awesome i've never right. heard that before. without making it
2: before? without making it cheesy you know what i mean you don't yeah. want to like pull out the tears and all that stuff but helping them step back. Cause I used to leave customers houses just saying like, so are you guys excited about green energy? And then I'd leave <laughs> when that didn't quite do it. Right. But that yeah. little $2 thing, they, they start to get it and they start to see it that way. Even though my entire sale wasn't based on that. A lot of it has been savings, but that's a great emotional tie down that also connects me to them personally. You know, it's, there's
0: so many people out there that, as they listen to trainings, they sit and listen to themselves or they sit and listen to the training and they go, yeah, that's exactly what I do or that's exactly how I it." but I don't get those kinds of results, whatever. And if you notice with Bryce, like there's a showmanship to what he says, like there's a way that he says it. It's the the voice tone. It's the speed of his voice, the inflection, like all, he, he gets low when he says, but, and then the pausing, like, there's just something special about the $2 bill, right? Like there's like, there's the pausing, like it's that, it's that unique ability to tell the story really, really well. Um, We're almost out of time, but do you have any other, I just like, I love Bryce's trainings. Like, are are there any other analogies, stories you use during your sales process that, you know, could help our new guys like explain things a certain
2: way? And this is totally off the cuff. So I'm putting you on the spot here. It's tough because I feel like my, my sales presentation is littered with odd analogies like that to help people understand the process. Um, and it's, I mean, just the way I speak to, I, I really like uh, like speaking in parables or right. Like using uh, all of these little cliches of the American language. It makes it really colorful. And so I'll say stuff like uh, to a customer when I say, Hey, we're a, vertically integrated company, so we're not you know sending third-party salespeople, and then we're not sending third-party installers and sending third-party this and that because at the end of the day you want to know that Vivint Solar is taking care of you from start to finish so if something goes wrong like there's just one throat to choke and they're like oh totally <laughs> totally you know what I mean and that it, it's silly but saying like if something goes wrong there's just one throat to choke for them, they connect with that and they can respect where I'm coming from with it in a different way than if I hadn't said something colorful like that. Um, strong so words? I use that kind sm- of stuff all the time. You know, <laughs> the word
1: throat is a strong word and choke is a strong word.
0: Right. It caught me off guard. I don't if recommend everyone use it, but. That. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, Bryce, it's always a good time catching up with you, man. You're doing a great job. And uh, Boston South is one of my sleeper picks to go deep, deep into the bigs this year. So um, excited to watch you guys get after it. And uh, anyway, appreciate your time today, man. And this has been another episode of Electric People. Take care, everyone. Thanks, you guys.
1: If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our
0: teams, check us out at viventsolarcom forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating.
1: Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.